Thank you, Jonathan. All right. Take your copy of God's Word this morning. We're going to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. So for those that are going to be watching by video, uh, let them know that we are having Lord's Supper next Sunday. So those that are going to be at home, uh, go ahead and prepare your bread and your cup for that part of the service next week. Unless you've been called by God to be a pastor, you will never understand what's in a pastor's heart. I don't say that trying to be conceited. I'm just trying to say that leading into the message this morning. One of the things that as pastors that we want to do is preach what God tells us to preach, but also give the abilities for people to live a strong spiritual life. And that's the whole point of the message today. The message today is simply mental and spiritual preparation. Mental and spiritual preparation. Now we're going to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 10. I don't do this too often, but I'm going to ask you all to read with me. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 2.12 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." Father, we thank you, Lord, for this message today. Lord, this message is nothing more than just for those of us that know the text, that it's just bringing a refamiliarization to our minds and our hearts. Satan is attacking us every day. There are some days that the battles may be stronger, but Lord, I think that many times that Satan by only his influence, because he can't make us do anything, but he can influence us. But Father Lord, that it just makes us aware of the battles that lies ahead. But I do believe, Father, in those subtle moments of life when we think that things are going well is when Satan slides in and he tries to catch us unaware. And that's what the Apostle Paul was saying here. Because, Lord, as we've already read in the first word of verse 10, simply says, finally, it's not the conclusion of the letter, but it's finally the conclusion of the matter of a walk with Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we pray that we be strengthened in this moment and help us. Because, Lord, we all need this. Just to make us aware of things that happen in life. We thank you. We love you. And obviously, we have entrusted you for those of us that have accepted you as Lord and Savior of our lives. So just lead us through these next moments. We love you and we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when we, have, we start families, we always try for those that want to give our kids and even grandkids the tactical advantages when they move on in life. 
They move out of the house, they go to college, they get married, whatever the case would be. We're always trying to help encourage them. As parents, <clears throat> and for those of you that haven't gotten there yet, hang on because it's coming. <clears throat> it's a day in one way you may be looking forward to, but then in another way you're not going to be looking forward to it. But you always want them to be prepared and ready. And again, that's all this is about today. It's just getting our minds and our hearts in spiritual preparation. Because even studying this this last week, there were many things that jumped out at me. And I praise the Lord for that. There's a term that is called fall on your sword. Now, some of you understand. I see some of you shaking. Some of you, some of you are very familiar with that. I want to just give you this, and we're going to give you an example. So we're going to go to the end of the book before we get to the beginning of the book. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be a little bit spiritually dyslexic today. So we're going to go to the end to be able to come to the beginning of understanding. But what does this term following the sword mean? It simply means to take responsibility for something that has gone wrong. In particular, to resign from one's position as a way of acknowledging responsibility for something that has gone wrong. Now, I'm talking about just our, our personal walk. That is accepting and understanding this. Turn with me. I'm going to give you a great example this morning. I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 31. 1 Samuel chapter 31. We're going to read the first four verses here. This is King Saul's last cry for mercy. King Saul's last cry for mercy. Now, the reason I'm going to use this text this morning is simply two reasons. Number one, the Lord led me here. And number two is that these four verses at the end of Saul's life, this is Satan's call for the saint. This is Satan's call for the saint. 1 Samuel chapter 31, verses 1 to 4. You do understand Satan wants you to fail, right? That's, again, the preparation here of understanding of what the flip side of this story is and what the Apostle Paul is saying uh, in Ephesians. Now the Philistines fought against Israel and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul. Now pay attention. And upon his sons, and the Philistines slew. You need to understand that to be able to understand Satan's call for the saint. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Philistines, Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Melchishua, Saul's sons. And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was sore wounded of the archers. Are y'all following the story so far? Now pay attention to verse 4. Then said Saul unto his armor bearer, Draw your sword and thrust it through me. Kill me. Lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. Now you're kind of seeing where he's at within his mind and in his heart. But his armor bearer would not. 
Why? Because he had respect because he knew that Saul had been called by God. For he, saw, for he was sore afraid, therefore Saul took a sword and he fell upon it. This is what Satan wants for every one of us. Come on, y'all smile. Come on now. You say, wait, we're talking about death. No, we're not talking about death. We're actually talking about life because that's where we're going to go in Ephesians chapter 6. Satan wants us to be in such a place that we can do nothing more than fall on a sword. Now, we do realize that him falling on a sword obviously caused physical death. But there is a spiritual sword that we can fall on that Satan wants us to fall on that is we lay ourselves down on it. I, I can just imagine. Y'all know back through World War II and the, and the Japanese and the Harry Carries and, you know, and when they was coming to a place where they was at ultimate defeat, you know, the, the generals or the captains or lieutenants or whatever it would, they, instead of being taken by the enemy, they would take the sword and they would, they would shove it into their gut and kill them, kill themselves. But that's what Satan wants. But the greatness of this story of 1 Samuel is this, and there is a good point of view out of a physical death, is that all through Saul's life, from the time that he began as king until the time that he laid himself down on that sword, God was always encouraging him. Just live your spiritual life in your mind for a minute. God was using Samuel. God was using David. God was using all these people in his life to encourage him to come back and to be where he wanted to be. Did he have to fall on the sword? Yes, he did, but he didn't have to. There are times when we all let our lives become so unaware of the spirituality that lies within us. And I've been there. You can raise your hand. We're in church. Hold it low if you don't want it on camera. <laughs> All this is about is just keeping us strong in where we need to be. That's what this is about. Because the Apostle Paul concludes at the end of this text this morning, he concludes it and he said, listen, your whole life, everything that you do, this whole armor of God, these principles, these three principles that I'm Christian principles as an individual that I'm going to bring out to you in just a moment. He says, listen, he said, it's not about you. It's about your walk with the Lord and it's about you serving Jesus Christ. This whole message in Ephesians chapter 6 is about spiritual preservation of our life and not getting to such a point that we feel that we need to lay down on the sword and allow ourselves to die spiritually. We have no reason to die here because we're going to live there. It's okay. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We all, let me say this real quick. We all have to admit that we get so wrapped up in life, we forget about living life as a Christian. Been there. Every one of us. We get wrapped up with work. We get wrapped up with home. We get wrapped up with kids. We get wrapped up with relationships. We've got all this stuff going on in our life. And it's not that we don't know that we're Christians. That's not what I'm saying. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. We just get so wrapped up in living daily life that we forget that we are to live life for Jesus. 
And that's what all this is about. Amen? Amen. Three calls in the first three verses that I want to give to you this morning. The first call in verse 10 is a call to Christian confidence. This is to have victory. And to have victory, you must have confidence. Do you believe that? Come on now. This is the authority of the Word of God. We have to have a call to Christian confidence. The second point I want to bring out today is a call for personal care. We must take care of ourselves. We cannot depend on anybody other than Jesus to keep us strong. My wife is a great source of strength, as I'm sure that you all have good sources of strength, spiritual strength in your life. But when it all comes down to it, it's down to our responsibility to take personal care for our spiritual welfare. And this is what the Apostle Paul is laying out here in verse 11. And the third one is a call for spiritual awareness. Boy, this is the good one. If any of these three that I'm and I'm excited about all three calls, but this third one is the one that I'm really I spent more personal time in reading and studying this than I did any of the rest of the text. Because I started re, just replaying my life in the last 30 plus years that I've been a Christian and wondering of how many times that I conceded to my own self because I just wasn't even really thinking and aware of what actually was going on. Because we're fighting, we try to fight spiritual battles with the flesh and it can't be done. You're going to fail. Instantly, you're going to fail if you fight it in the flesh. And this is what Paul was saying here. Let's go back to verse 10. A call to Christian confidence. To have victory, you must have confidence. Remember what I said in my prayer. The word finally is not a conclusion to the letter. It is a conclusion to the matter of Christianity. Are you listening this morning? The term final is a conclusion to Christianity. Is a conclusion to your walk with Christ. Is a conclusion in fulfilling the will of God for your life. It is not the end of the letter. Actually, it's only the beginning. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord. Put all of your faith and put all of your confidence. And here's the big one. Put all of your patience in Him. Isn't it great? I have had three conversations in the last ten days with different people, different places, and different times. And every single one of them was about giving Christ complete control of your life. You know, that's hard. Anybody want to say amen? It's okay. You can say amen. When you want Jesus Christ to command your life from the morning until the evening and every moment between that and every moment that leads in the future, we must walk upon confidence, we must walk upon strength, and we must walk upon patience. But we don't think about the P word. Patience. 
We don't think about that because it's like, well, wait a minute. So the, the Lord works through me and all of this stuff moves fast and it manifests quickly and it doesn't. Amen. Amen. As I've said many times in my coming to this point in my life and my wife's life changing and ministry changing has taken nice nine months to get here. July, the Lord started. And all through that nine month process, the Lord began to open doors. Let me just tell you this quickly. Amen. I got a couple extra minutes this morning. And it was amazing. Now, listen to me. It was amazing of what he was doing. And we wasn't even aware of what it was. It was just to us, it was life. Come on, y'all smile. Let's get gracious and glory. Amen. And there were things that happened in our life that we just took it that it was just life, that it was just something that was happening, something that happened several times before in our life. And we just assumed it was just life and it was unaware and and it wasn't nothing bad. It wasn't nothing bad at all. Matter of fact, it was great things. And these things were manifesting in our life and we're just sitting there going, well, it's just life. And then two weeks ago, what even two weeks ago, I'd sit down and I started talking to her and I started bringing some things up and she goes, yeah, you know, I never thought about it like that. Are y'all with me? To let the Holy Spirit lead your life means to concede to Him. To put all faith and confidence and patience in Him. That's how we're strong in the Lord. That's how we find victory because we have confidence in the Lord. And even when we don't have the answer, even when things don't go our way, we still have confidence because Christ is in control. So he says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. And we understand that now. But he concludes, we conclude this into this verse. And he says, but be strong. Be strong in the power of His might. This means that we are to completely concede to His ways. Do you know we only get in trouble spiritually when we start walking down our own paths? Have you ever noticed that in your life? When we're on the pathway of righteousness, everything everything works out great. And boy, as soon as we get off on those little rabbit trails, buddy, everything starts getting a little bumpy. Amen? And then, amen, and then there's times when we're spiritually strong and we're prayed up and studied up and churched up and Christianed up and all the ups that need to be there. And we've got Christ at the forefront of our lives. And boy, when those little rabbit trails start kind of shooting off to the side a little bit, we understand what we're doing wrong. We get back on the pathway of Christ. But brothers and sisters, the longer we stay on the rabbit trail, the more rabbit trails that we get on. And this is what Paul is saying here. He says, listen, just understand that in the power of His might, that in the complete conceding to the ways of Christ is the only way that we can live life strong. And in power and in grace, and we find majesty and we find the solitude, we find peace, we find grace, we find an overwhelming sense of personal pride of just knowing that we are fulfilling the will of Christ for our life, and it feels good. Y'all been there, amen? Let's look at verse 11. He says, put on... Now, this is taking personal care of yourself. Brothers and sisters, you have to take care of you. 
I can promise you, if you come to church on Sunday morning or at any service, and if you think that one service is all you need for that next seven days, I'm here to tell you, you're already setting yourself up for failure. That's why I love midweek Bible study. That's why I love Wednesday night uh, Bible study. That's why it breaks my heart when I hear heard over the last years of all these churches that stop midweek Bible study. Man, we need Bible study. We need that midweek pick-me-up. We need that encouragement. But listen, even midweek Bible study isn't enough. You still need to pray. You still need to read the Word of God. You still need to exercise your faith. You still need to seek Christ. You still need to be an encouragement to others, which is one of the things that the Apostle Paul brings about in the verses coming up here after this initial text. And he just says, listen, he says, you need to take care of yourself. It is not my wife's responsibility to be strong for me. I need to be strong for myself. I need to be able to put on this whole armor of God. He's not saying it's not there. Listen, the Apostle Paul says it's there. It's available. All you've got to do is put it on. Amen. Come on now, amen. That's what he's talking about. That's where his mind and his heart said. This is why I told you earlier that as a pastor in a pastor's heart, I get what the Apostle Paul is saying. I get what he is pouring out into these Christians at Ephesus. And he's just saying, listen, you need to understand that to live life and to be a great, victorious believer in Jesus Christ is to trust in Christ and Christ alone. But it's to live and to exercise that faith. So brothers and sisters, stop thinking that one thing keeps you strong, but in all things be strong for Christ. And that's in everything of your life. It doesn't matter what it is. So he says, put on the whole armor. What's the next two words? Of God. What does he mean? Don't put your own confidence out there. Anybody ever done that? Come on now. Satan come up against you and you, I don't care when it was, Satan come up against you in your life and you went, I got you. You recognized it was him. You knew what was going on. You knew what he was trying to do. That battle was there. That war was raging. And you're sitting there and you're fighting. But here's the thing. Are you ready? In that situation, it's you fighting against him. So it's one-on-one. -on -one. But when it's from his side, it's an against you demons plural see this is where I've done it y'all done it. this is where we start getting a little we start getting a little overconfident is we think that when we are fighting against Satan that we think well we can wage the war we can win the, and we can win the war amen? amen we can win the war but here's the thing when something happens and you realize and again this is what we don't pay attention to we don't realize all the other demons and how they're moving in everybody else's life and how they're all coming at you that you go to work and all of a sudden three people's on you you go to work now your boss is on you you go driving down the road somebody's going to cut you off three times are y'all getting this yeah. and this is the spiritual awareness that the apostle paul is warning about it's not one-on-one -on -one. it's not two-on-one -on -one. it's millions to one and this is what Paul is warning us about. He's like, pay attention and understand that it may be your fight and it may be your fight in the Lord, but you understand, don't be so focused on Him that you start forgetting about these. 
I can tell you right, let me just say this quickly. I can tell you right now, anybody that's been in law enforcement, one of the things that we don't want to do, we don't want to get on the radio and call for backup. We want to think that we can handle it. But I can tell you right now, here's a whole lot of times I was like, help! <laughs> Amen. I never called Signal 5, which is officer down, get here 10 minutes ago. Praise God, he kept me safe. But there was a Marsburg sent me more units. When I was a deputy in Florida, I was like, Nassau, send me some more units. I thought, well, it'd be 30 minutes before they get here, but it'd be like, do I have enough gun? <laughs> Are y'all getting this? I'm just trying to throw this in here, but this is real stuff. This is, not, this is not a joke. This is not just a story. It's not just a story to make you laugh. These are things that we need to be aware of and we need, as the Apostle Paul says, he says the armor is there. The armor is available. If you are saved by the graciousness of God in Jesus Christ and Christ alone, the armor is there. Put it on. Put it on and get ready for the battles. Put it on and get ready for the warfare. Put it on and get ready for victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. And then that way the next time that fool comes at you and you recognize who he is, what he's doing, who he's using, and how he's even trying to use you against yourself. Amen. Come on now. We can all look at it this morning. How many times does he aggravate us and we become our greatest enemy? Oh, I got heavy. Come on now. I mean, how many times do we get in our own way? But Paul said, put it on. Put it on and get ready. Because let me tell you what, you're going to fight Satan with armor or you're going to fight Satan with yourself. There's only two ways to fight him. You got it? Woo! How many times we told our kids these stories? So put on that. Give that complete coverage that is there. You must put on all elements of faith. You must put on all amounts of graciousness. You must put on everything that Jesus needs you to have, not just to save your life, but to preserve your life. And praise be glory to God, your witness. You got that? That's what Paul talks about at the end of the text. Put on that whole armor. And let me encourage you, Christians. Let me say this real quick, too. Sorry for my law enforcement story this morning. But I knew a guy years ago that he kept his vest in his, in his car, in the trunk of his cruiser. And I said, why do you got it there? He goes, it's uncomfortable. I was like, dude, I get it. Trust me, if you've never worn one, they're uncomfortable. And I said, and I said why is it in your trunk? He goes, well, I don't want nobody to steal it. I said, okay, all right, I got you with that one. But I said, why is it in your trunk? I said, what happens if you're inside the house and you're upstairs? What are you going to do? Right, now, there's a spiritual point in this. Just listen to me. I, said, I looked at him, and I did. I really did. I looked at him, and I said, I said, do you not understand that in the midst of this battle that you're about to get involved in, I said, you just can't go time out? You don't look at somebody that's trying to hurt you and go, hey, time out. I'll alley oxen free. Hang on just a minute. I got to go to my car. So you're going to run down the steps and you're going to run out there and you're going to hang on, I'll be right back. You're going to strip that shirt off. You're going to put that vest on. You're going to tuck everything back in. And then you're going to come back and you, then you're going to go, okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> Another one quick. Had a domestic on north end of town one day. I got to just give this last one to you and I'm going to move on. So we go rolling up there 
It's early evening, daylight. We go rolling up there. We jump out. We've been in this house several times. It's a very violent house. And we, me and another officer go flying up there, and we get up to the house. We jump out, and there's already an officer there. And I'm, we're running up to the house as fast as we can trying to get there because we're not hearing nothing on the radio. This person's not responding. And the person comes running out. I'm not kidding you. They literally come running out of the front door of the house towards us, and they said, you better get in there. He's got a knife. And I sat there and I thought to myself, but you have a gun. <laughs> now I'm fixing to bring this back to you real quick. That's a true story. You better get in there. They got a knife. And I thought, well, buddy, you got 17 rounds at nine millimeter. I believe that'll stop a knife. It's not the weaponry, it's the confidence in it. If you don't have enough confidence in Jesus, you're going to fail. Because you can stand in the name of Christ, you can step forward in the name of Christ, you can do everything that you want to do in the name of Christ, but unless you have confidence in that equipment, and that equipment is the Holy Spirit of God in you, you're going to find yourself in the defeated line every time. Are you getting this? Man, so let's put on that protection and let's not just put it on. And the whole point of the first story was is that you don't put it on once you see it. You've always got it on in preparation for it. So when it happens, and listen, this, let me say this quickly. It does not matter and do not think that it is a life-changing cataclysmic event that takes place that you need the armor. You need the armor anytime Satan comes up against you. You need the power of grace anytime that he tries to put something in your mind and tries to get you aggravated. You need to be shod and prepared and ready that at any moment of day or time or who it is that you are ready to fight the fight of faith because it's a fight of faith. It's not the fight of the flesh. Are you with me? And this, y'all see the pastor's heart in this? I'm talking about Paul. You see this? He's just warning them and telling, listen, there's nothing negative. There's nothing defeated about this. He just says, listen, that you may be able, because without it, you're not, that you may be able to stand. But without it, you won't. That you may be able to stand when you feel like giving up. Against the wiles of the devil. These tactics. I've learned in 30 some years of being saved, Satan has a small bag. I don't know if you know that or not. His tactic bag is kind of rather small. It's not that we don't understand the tactics. It's who and what he uses to bring the tactic into our life. You want to know one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in almost 30 years of being married is not learning how to biblically argue. (laughs) Amen. You learn to biblically argue. What does that mean? Sometimes she's right. All the time I'm right. (laughs) And all the time that I'm right, sometimes she is right. Right. 
Okay? No, I'm just kidding. Have you ever noticed that in any relationship? Now listen to me quickly. I'm going, I know I'm going to go through this fast, but just listen to me. The closer the person is to your heart, the greater the battle. When it's your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandkids, whatever the case, friends, it doesn't matter what it is. When that person is very close and intimate to your heart, the battle goes from zero to overdrive that fast. And brothers and sisters, if we do not have the armor of God on us, if we have not been prayed up, studied up, churched up, lived up, faithed up, armored up, then as soon as that happens, it just starts going. Yeah. And then everything starts falling apart. Amen. Are y'all seeing this? Yeah. This is like principles. This is anything in life and it doesn't matter. All right, verse 12. Let's look at this. The third is a call to spiritual awareness. I love this one. I absolutely love this one. A call for spiritual awareness. Perceive yourself. I love this one. And I know the cops in the building ain't going to understand this because we, the job trains us differently. Cops can't stand to be victims. I don't know if you know that, and I'm not going to take time in that, but we cannot stand to be, to be a victim. I get, I get that. I understand that. But brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ, you need to consider yourself a victim. Amen. Because if you believe you're a victim, then you'll be more aware. Are you with me? Perceive yourself to be a victim. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you're being victimized at that moment, but you're preparing your mind and your heart that when things change, that now you can be a victim. And I don't mean victim where you lay down. I mean victim where you fight. And I'm talking about Satan. How about it? Don't raise your hand. Anybody struggle with Satan in your mind this week? Amen. Every one of us in this room at some point in time this week, Satan's planted something, he's plugged something, he's brought it. Anybody had a memory from 20 years ago that he plugged in your mind yesterday or the day before? Isn't it amazing how that happens? It is amazing how Satan can pull something out of his bag of tricks that happened to you 20 years ago, plant it in your brain today and mine, and we will respond to that plant the exact same way today we did 20 years ago. I, come on now. I mean, this is just real stuff. And this is what Apostle Paul's saying. He says, listen, he says, if you know that Satan's putting things in your mind, plead the blood. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, something. Hey, praise God, come down and swallow me. Get into my mind and my heart. Lord Jesus, prepare me with the battles. Lord Jesus, prepare me with the spiritual awareness of life. Lord Jesus, just help me. And let me tell you what, if you may think and Satan may tell you that if you, if you cry out to Jesus and simply say, Lord Jesus, help me, you're weak. Let me tell you what, I want to be weak. If I need to say, Lord Jesus, help me, and the world looks at me and says, well, you're a weak Christian. Let me tell you what, all I can tell you is I'm a weak Christian. Because every day that's what I need to be doing. Every day it's Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, strengthen me. Y'all getting this? I know you are. Man, this is good stuff. This word was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know that today? 
The blood of Jesus paid for these words. They weren't penned by a man to be brought up to us today at this time, but these words were penned by the blood and bought for by the blood of Jesus Christ. A living Savior wrote this. That we put in the ground. But in seven days, we're going to claim victory because He arose. And that Jesus that we're going to praise next Sunday is the same Jesus that wrote this word so we could hear it this Sunday. Woo! Come on now! For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Are you getting that tonight? When Satan puts things in your mind, don't fight him physically, fight him spiritually. Amen? Amen? Call him a fool. Call him an idiot. Call him anything you want because he's calling you. You just can't hear his voice. Amen? Don't be so Christian that you say, well, I can't call him a fool. Well, he is a fool. He was created by God in heaven and he walked away from all of that. Come on now. How much more foolish can you get? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the Apostle Paul says this is what we're fighting against. We are fighting against principalities. We're fighting against powers that can influence you and me. We are fighting against, pay attention to this, we are fighting against the rulers of darkness in this world. Somebody walks up to your door at 10 o'clock tonight and they knock on the door. And you walk up to the door and you go, who is it? And they go, it's Mr. Burglar. I got a knife. I got a gun. But I need you to let me in so I can rob you. I can't come in your house until you open the door. Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? Now, will you let me in? And for some of us, we'd be like, all right, pro and con list. If I let him in, he's going to kill me. If I let him in, he's going to rob me. Uh, Pro. Yeah, well, okay. That seems like a silly story or a silly analogy, but that's exactly the way Satan is. He can't get in unless we let him in. He can knock on the door. He can stand outside and yell and scream and quarrel and kick and huff and puff. And he can do everything he wants to do. But until you open that door and let him in, he has no authority in your life. And he tries to mimic Jesus because remember what Jesus said? He says, when I knock on your heart's door, he says, whosoever opens up themselves, then I will. Satan is always trying to mimic Jesus. He's always trying to do what Satan or what Jesus did in his own satanic way. And he's always trying to just infiltrate and get in. And the Apostle Paul knew this. He knew the life. He knew the Christian life. He says, I realize that it's dark powers that are in this world that I can't get rid of them, but I can have power over them. I can live in grace through them. I can profess victory at the beginning. I can profess victory in the middle. And I can take victory 
victory to the end if I will simply trust in Jesus. By putting on the whole armor of God and standing against anything that comes up against me that you can stand there with confirmation and with faith and go, what else you got? Oh, do you see this is why we need this? This is every day. This is 10 years from now if the Lord tarries that long. It's for all of us against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now quickly, I'm going to give you seven instruments of sustaining your faithful witness. Starting in verse 13. I'm just going to read through them kind of quickly this morning. But I want you to pay and understand this. That as the Apostle Paul lays out these different identifications of your faith witness, realizing that he comes in verses 18, 19, and 20, he solidifies the reason behind this when he simply says, it ain't about you, it's about Jesus. So this challenges, now let me just say this quickly, this challenges your love for Jesus. Are you ready? Wherefore, take unto him the old armor armor of God that you may be able to stand against the evil day and having done all to stand. I wish I had two more hours. Stand therefore. Notice, Notice the direction. Notice the direction. There is no defeat in this. When you're standing, you're in victory. Amen. He says, stand therefore having your girds, your loins girt with the truth. What does that mean? Truth holds you everything and everywhere together and it refers to your integrity as a Christian. You need to stand in that honor and that glory. Fight that fight. If you're long in the face, you ain't got to tell everybody why. Just know you got victory in the end. Then the second one, he comes and he says, and have on the blessed rate of righteousness. Having on. Notice this is an application of wearing. Having on this breastplate. Righteousness practiced by the believer protects your heart from Satan. What does that mean? That the battles aren't as severe if you're already walking with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, if you get nothing else out of this message today, don't keep your faith in the trunk. Don't keep your faith in the trunk. You better have it on and you better be ready and aware and ready to use it every day. Amen. Amen. Anybody else excited about this besides me? Come on now. Woo. Man, this is good stuff. (sighs) And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Ready. Man, one of the greatest ways to fight the battles of Satan is tell somebody about Jesus. You know, in every circumstance in your life, you can tell somebody about Jesus. Not that you got to break out the Romans 9, Romans 10. That's not what I'm saying. Do you realize that when you're dealing with those battles, that if it's a situation that you're just talking to somebody else and you're like, man, let me tell you what Jesus did for me this week. Your mind and your heart has just went. You're safe now. Do you see what he's saying? Again, I wish I had more time, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. I'm almost done. But he also says, in your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, above all, taking, again, notice the application of receiving, the application of using, taking the shield of faith. 
Taking the shield of faith, carrying the shield of faith gives you protection and it gives you confidence in knowing that when Satan comes after you, you're already safe. Do you got that? I can explain the size of the Roman shield and that's not... Let me tell you what. If the shield Jesus gave to you was this big and the arrow was that big, guess where the arrow is going to hit? In the dead center of this. You're okay. You're safe. You've got spiritual victory and awareness. You're moving on. Are you ready? Come on. Don't you want to go home and take a good nap and get excited now? Come on. Come on, Sister Jill. Come on up here so I can get this done. Take upon yourself the helmet of salvation. The helmet guards your mind and your thoughts, brothers and sisters. Always be in the place of God and of Christ. Reversing and reverbing uh, situations or verses, particular verses in your mind and in your heart, using it to protect you. Take the sword of the Spirit. Use the Word of God as an offensive weapon against Satan. It's okay to call him a fool. It's okay to tell him he's defeated. He already knows he's defeated. That's why he hates you. Because you're going where He once reigned. And because He wanted to reign with the One and over the One that already had reigned, the only place He's going to reign is in His little bubble in a place called the Lake of Fire. And He's going to reign there for all eternity. And that's why He hates you and He hates me. That's why He hates lost people when they're coming and working. He sees the will of God working in their life and the Word of God working in their life and brings them to a point to where they're about to accept Christ. Finally, in verse 18, pray always. Pray always. Be persistent. Now listen to me this morning. Be persistent. Be specific. And pray selflessly. Many times, brothers and sisters, we just simply want to say, Lord, you know my circumstance. I lift it before you. And I'm going to be honest with you. For me, sometimes that ain't good enough. Sometimes it ain't good enough for me just to say, Lord, this is my circumstance. This is what, a, you know, uh, uh, you, you know all things. You know our needs before we even ask. Lord, I trust in the Scripture. So I'm just getting. Let me tell you what. There's times we just need to talk to Jesus. As we stand. Brothers and sisters, that's why the Hedgesville Baptist Church, and I've said this many times, that's why we have an altar. So we can come and we can kneel and we can talk and we can give our lives and our heart to Jesus unto salvation or we can just give our lives and our hearts and our minds back to Jesus and create a greater level of strength and maturity in our hearts. The altar is here. The only person that's holding you back right now is yourself. God will not say don't go, but Satan will say you better not go. Are you ready? Satan will say, somebody's going to be thinking, well, why are you going up here and praying? Satan's going to talk to you and he's going to say, man, preacher's going to be calling you this afternoon wanting to know why you was at the altar. No. I ain't going to call you. Matter of fact, I'll go to the altar and pray with you if you want. Jesus paid it all for this. That's what this time is about. Father, in these next few moments as we sing two verses of this beautiful song of Scripture.
Lord, I pray that you would move as only you can. Give to our hearts today. Help us to concede to thee in your name.